Okay, this week we have an interview with Tamron Olden. She is the founder and owner of Talk Public Relations. I really feel like you guys can hear that I just woke up um, and that this is morning voice. Anyway, it's 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. I feel like this is the first day this week that I actually slept in. So that was really nice. I am recording this intro so I can get this episode up and you guys can definitely tell that this is my morning voice. In this episode with Tamarin, we talk about a bunch of different things. I actually really, really loved this interview. Um, and we talked about a lot of different things. She works in government PR, so it was kind of a new niche to have on the show. So we talked about um, kind of what exactly is government PR. We also talked about how she was a psychology major and how that prepared her for PR. And then we also talked about the integration of PR and marketing and all of those different skill sets. Before I hop into the interview with Tamron, let's talk about my personal and professional highlights for the week. I guess I want to talk personal first, and that's that this week we did have a lot of events at work, and they were a lot of night events, which meant I was able to go into the office a little bit later in the morning, which meant that I was really able to prioritize going to the gym in the morning, um, and I know that makes my day so much better. So that was really great. I normally take a 6.15 class at Orange Theory, which means I need to wake up at 5.45 a.m., which is rough. Um, so being able to go in later means I can take a 7.30 class, which means I can wake up at 7, which is a lot more doable. And just going to the gym in the morning makes a huge difference in my mental health. I feel more productive for the day. I feel like I've accomplished something at an early hour. And obviously exercise just gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy. So being able to prioritize going to the gym has been able to really affect my life. I feel like it just affects every part of my day, which is amazing. Talking about my professional life, this was my first week of classes. Basically, if you didn't know, I am a grad assistant, which means I work full time in athletic communications at St. John's. But instead of paying me, I'm getting my master's degree and they're paying for my degree, which means I have to take about three classes a semester. So this semester I am taking uh, SPG 315, which is creativity and innovation in sport, SPG 401, which is research method in sport, and SPG 310, which is event and venue administration. I'm not super interested in any of these classes. I haven't really gotten into creativity and innovation, but I feel like that'll probably be the one that I enjoy the most. I am lucky that I am able to take some classes online, so I am taking 310 and 315 online, and then 401 is in person. And 401 is like working in groups and things like that, so it's probably better that that one is in in in-person class. I have so much work to do, I'm kind of drowning in all of it. I just got my weekly report on my computer of how much screen time, and it says I only spent four hours and 35 minutes a day on my computer, which seems a little bit bizarre because I've been working all week, and I'm on my computer all day at work, compared to my phone, which has seven hours and 21 minutes a day. So that's interesting. My brain is all over the place right now. Um, But yeah, talking about classes, I'm on my computer all the time. I have so much work to do. Um, I just had to do an assignment yesterday for 310, which was about doing like a little paper, a mini paper, like literally two pages on a international sporting event. So I wrote about like the MLB in London, but basically I have assignments due pretty much every Sunday, every Friday, not every Friday. I have assignments due every Sunday and every Tuesday for my online classes and then my in-person class meets on Wednesdays 
so we have some presentations on Wednesdays and then we have some like research paper things due on Friday. So if anyone has any ideas for my research paper, it has to be about something related to sports, let me know. This intro has been all over the place. Um, so I'm just going to let you guys hop into this interview with Tamarin and I hope you guys like it. My name is Tamarin Olden and I'm the owner and CEO of Talk Public Relations based out of Southern California. Amazing. And so I guess my first question for you is what has living in Southern California been like? What's your favorite thing about Southern California? I'm a beach girl. So you can probably tell got a really good tan going on. <laughs> I love the sun. I love the beach. So um, that's definitely the best part of SoCal for me. I asked that question because in May I went to a psychic and she told me like right now she sees me in New York where I am. But like in the next like six years, she sees me moving to like LA because she's the ocean's calling oh, me there. Mm, so we may see you out here in the future. Um, maybe. And I never thought I was going to be like a California person because I feel like I'm so like hustle bustle, like East Coast. Right. Completely opposite of me. But it's so opposite. The city life, like I can't, I'm not, definitely not a city life girl. Have you spent time on the East Coast? I have. Um, New York, New Jersey. Um, I've been to New York a couple of times and I was in Jersey and New York last year. So yeah. Yeah, definitely super different. So we'll see if I make my way out there. We shall see. If you do come on out, you'll have to hit me up. Yes, for sure. So then my second question for you is what has been like your favorite thing about this summer now that it's September and the summer is wrapping up? What has been like the best thing you've done? Okay, so it doesn't feel like summer is wrapping up. We are actually in the middle of a heat wave here in SoCal and it is over 110 degrees. Outside. Oh, so fun. Um, yes, dry, dry heat. I know you get a little bit of humidity out there in the summers um, over on your side, but um, so I'm actually loving that I still feel like it's summer. Like I said, I love the sun. I love the water. So um, I'm still holding on to, to summertime and summer activities and weather. I think we are in a bit of a heat wave right now, too. That's at least what I heard. Um, so that's kind of crazy. It's weird for me because I work um, at a college in college athletics. So like all the students are back on campus, like fall sports are starting, but it still feels so hot yes it's a little confusing yes definitely confusing um and then my third question for you is if you could um be any type of animal what type of animal would you want to be oh that's a tough one I think I would be a cat a cat just kind of hangs out on their own um they're very independent they kind of do what they want um I like, I would say a cat. I was really thinking about this a few days ago. Someone asked me this question. And I think at this moment in time, I would really like to be like a, like a hedgehog because hedgehogs, when they're like calm, like you can pet them, you can play with them. But then like, if they're not calm, they like explode, like all their spikes come out and like, you can't actually go anywhere near them. And I think that's what I need in my life. Yes. I, I love that. Definitely unique and a good reason. To, to pick that. Yeah. So now kind of hopping into the main focus of the episode, can you start by telling me where you went to school and what you got your degree in? So um, funny enough, I actually did not study PR in college. Uh, my uh, college and career path was initially geared toward 
uh, criminal psychology. So I actually have a psych degree and a minor in criminal justice because many years ago, that was my initial plan was to do criminal psychology. No idea that I was going to end up falling in love with PR. I definitely relate to that. I started college as a neuroscience major. I thought I was going to be a doctor and that's obviously not the path I ended up going down. So I want to ask you, what did you take from that psychology degree that you use in public relations? I would say just how to, how to deal with people and understand people, you know, people skills are huge, especially when it comes to PR. So being able to understand and read, you know, what their feelings, emotions, and intentions are, um, really helps me. It provides me insight to be able to deal with my clients or, um, even when I'm dealing with social situations or doing networking or, you know, pitching to clients or potential clients. Um, it just allows me to be more efficient and more effective. Yeah. So then kind of tell me how you ended up in PR from that psychology degree. So it was by total accident. I was working a part-time gig while I was in college, um, just a set, a government job that gave me good um, hours and pay and was close by to where I was living at the time. So it was a total convenience job um, thinking, okay, this works while I'm in college and um, ended up just having a series of opportunities to move up, um, to get promoted and to take my, uh, I initially came on doing um, community outreach and was able to move up into doing heavier community, community relations and then eventually transferring departments to take over social media, PIO events and all public relations for um, for the department. So kind of just fell into it. And then once I was in it, just really found a passion for it and said, okay, it looks like this is where I'm going to end up. Yeah. So walk me out of kind of finishing school, being in that job to where you are now. What did that path look like? So I actually spent a good 17 years total doing government PR um, in some way, shape or form um, from the beginning up until the end. The last several years, I did it as a supervisor, a manager of the department um, or within the department over a unit. And um, from there, I started actually several years back. I believe it was 2017, um, five years ago, started doing stuff on my own um, because I fell in love with with what I was doing and started taking the initiative to learn it more. There wasn't a lot of people who was in who were in government PR at that time, especially I had a, was doing it for public safety. So I kind of found this niche environment that I found interest in. And because I was interested in criminal justice, it just everything just lined up. And I started doing it on the side while I worked my full, full-time job at the city, um, working with other departments, doing training and consulting and started getting into the marketing and communication side of it. And then a couple of years ago, just said, you know what, I think I want to do this full-time. And that's where Talk Public Relations came from, is me leaving my full-time government gig to be able to do what I love um, full-time. Yeah. So like you said, government PR is definitely a very specific niche. So what does government PR look like? What kind of things are you doing? I know like most PR is kind of like the same general tasks, but how is it directly related to the government sense? So I think one of the things, first of all, government traditionally is horrible at PR. Um, everything's outdated. Everything is, you know, so 
basic and um, not up to par with modern marketing and modern communications methods. Um, I mean, for example, there are agencies still out there who are still not present on social media, who still have a website built with a template from what looks like the 90s that you can't even navigate on a phone when most people are on the sites on mobile. So um, there's you know, definitely a huge need for it. And government PR, I think a big part of it is just connecting with the community and your constituents to let them know what you do, keeping them informed, letting them know the services that you provide, and kind of giving them a peek behind the curtain of what you do. So whether it's the police department, the fire department, parks and rec, um, I think that there's just a lot of um, misinformation and that there's a lot of value that these departments in these cities provide, just people don't know. So it's connecting the community and the the organization itself is pretty much you know what the main thing is. And that could be through social media, through the media, um, content creation, through events, um, you know, in person or on, on the digital realm. Yeah. And so I guess I first want to start by asking you, you mentioned that there are still some government agencies that don't really have social media, things like that. So when you look at somewhere that doesn't really have a social media presence and whether that be a different PR agency, a different government entity, what does that kind of say to you? How important do you think social media has become? I think that it is everything, especially for a government organization. You think if there's a major disaster, a fire, a critical incident, um, something that is impacting the community, that's where does everybody gravitate? To get news, to get direction, to get information, um, even to make day-to-day decisions. We make decisions on where to eat, what to buy, all through social media. And for us to be able to, as government organizations, be our own voice and tell our own story, that's so needed. And it's, it is crazy to me that you don't have a way to connect and communicate very important messages to the community. I mean, it's not a point of if you should do it, it is absolutely 100% needed by every organization and every government agency out there. Yeah. And so you make a point to bring up that it's your way of connecting with the community. And I think based off what I'm hearing, like a lot of government PR focuses with community outreach and how you're connecting with constituents. And so when I hear that, I think of this PR as PR, marketing, social media, events, all of that, it's kind of all intertwined. So do you think it's always been intertwined that way? Or do you think it's kind of become more intertwined? I think that there definitely is an evolution in the PR space um, or the concept of PR. I would really even think there was a lot of agencies, even now and in recent years, that when you mention marketing or PR, they're like, wait a minute, we're not a business. We're not Nordstrom. We're not McDonald's. We don't do marketing. What is branding? We don't do branding here. And so just the concept of it has evolved immensely over the past few years. And so you're seeing people are starting to go, okay, I get it. I need to evolve. I need to take what we do in person and supplement it and complement with what we do on the digital space. I need to make sure that my website is up to par with modern day standards and is mobile optimized. I need to work with, not against the media to get our organization out there in a positive light. And I think that we've come a long way. I also think that the last few years really forced people's hand because 
they couldn't do in-person events. They couldn't do the, the media events. They couldn't do community outreach events in person where they really had no choice. If they wanted to communicate with the with the community, they had to get innovative and they needed to get on the digital uh, on the digital realm. And I think that things kind of have evolved and come together to out where all the different facets of PR are finally finding um, a place in government in government relations. Yeah, and so I asked that question because I feel like on a wide scale, like just across all of public relations and I mean, I guess the world as a whole, it's like, I felt like the common person never really knew the difference between public relations and marketing. It was like, well, I feel like you're just doing the same thing. And now it's becoming more and more like, yes, you do PR, but you do social media, which is technically digital marketing. But then you're also doing events, which is event planning, but you're also kind of doing marketing. They're all kind of becoming more and more intertwined. And so just as a whole, do you think that PR professionals are going to have to shift to be a lot more multifaceted? It's funny that you say that because I was just having that exact conversation um, with someone on my team the other day that you know, even in looking at my needs of my team and um, what we do here is that I need someone who has the ability to look at a situation from a multifaceted approach. I'll go meet with a client like today. I literally just came from a client meeting and I had to sit there and go, okay, in order to manage this campaign, this message that they're wanting to get out there, I need content creation. So I'm going to need a video done. Um, I need to make sure that I get it on their website. They want to do a newsletter because for their organization, it's a, a membership and association. Newsletters are effective. They do use email campaigns. Um, and then I think I'm going to do probably invite the media in to do an exclusive. So if you don't have the mindset to look at it from different perspectives and see the value and how each organization and depending on the message there's a different formula. You cannot use a one size fits all approach. So it is so important. People come in and they say, I only have skills and experience in this facet of PR. And I think you really do need to have a wider skill set and also be, you know, be diversified in your skill set, but also be adaptive because, you know, communications and what PR was, even when I was in college many, many years ago, um, is totally different. So you have to be able to constantly evolve with um, with the trends and with the times and with technology. Yeah. And so I want to get back to kind of the skill sets around PR, but I want to switch gears a little bit first. And I want to ask you about starting your business. When did you kind of know that it was time to take it full time? <laughs> when did you feel ready to leave your job? Um, definitely a scary um, decision to make, especially I, I'm a mother. Um, so the decisions that I make, you know, impact my kids and my ability to provide for them. Um, but it was kind of one of those leap of faith. And I felt like I was limiting myself and my potential. And I knew that my quote unquote day job was not becoming fulfilling anymore. And that my true passion was being able to take my skills and experience and share it with different agencies and organizations out there. Um, that really was what invigorated me and gave me passion. And that that's where my drive was. And I knew that, okay, it's time I was able to establish myself out there by doing it on the side part-time to where it wasn't completely new. So it was a smooth transition. And then once my clients and people knew that I was doing it full-time, I was able to take my already established network and easily transition into doing it um, as a career. 
Yeah. And so talk about kind of building that client base right off the bat. How did you go ahead and find your first clients? What did that look like? So I, when it came to, I started actually doing teaching. Um, so I started, I found an, um, an organization, which I'm now the owner of, um, law enforcement social. And they, at the time were the, really the only, um, organization that was providing training to first responders and public safety agencies. And they also would work with, you know, all facets of government. And, um, I came on as a guest instructor and really loved being able to meet and work with so many different agencies and help them propel their efforts on social media, get their message out there, tell their story, brand their organization. And just that exposed me to different departments. And then I started teaching more and teaching more. And that I just kept those relationships going and kept myself out there. Um, So then I started getting requests to do speaking engagements and attend conferences. So again, expanding that network and then social media was huge for me. I use social media as a platform to be able to um, market myself and what I was doing and the mission that I was on. And so I was able to, again, do in-person networking, get myself out there at conferences, events, attend conferences, speak at conferences, even for free, because it's getting yourself out there and getting exposure and then also staying consistent online so that way you can stay connected with those individuals that I meet. You quit your job and you start doing this full time. How did you get from that point to where you are now? Kind of felt that one of the things, because it is a very, you know, niche market that I work in, that there was not a full service PR agency um, out there that offered all the different aspects and services that fall under the umbrella of PR. And that also had people working in the PR firm that had direct experience doing PR within government and public safety. So I actually have, you know, over half of my team, the majority of my team has actually worked in public safety or government in one way, shape or form. So I kind of thought of that concept and that model. I already had people in mind. I had had Um, One of my previous business partners, when I first started teaching, um, was able to bring him on board and get the right people in place to be able to scale and grow and expand my scope of services. So it went initially from teaching and consulting and was able to find the right people with the right experience to start doing content creation, um, newsletter marketing, um, doing tons of uh, videography, photography, web development. So all the different aspects, media relations, and build this team around the concept of being a full service PR firm. Yeah. And so when you, when did you kind of know that it was time to expand your team? When did you realize it was something that it just couldn't be you anymore? Um, I realized that pretty quickly. Um, You know, when you start a business, it's hard. There's a lot of sacrifice and literally blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. I was working like crazy And, you know, had to get to the point where I knew, okay, I cannot sustain this and I cannot maintain the quality of service to my clients with the way that I'm running because I'm burning the candle at both ends and I can only do this for so long. So if I wanted to truly scale, I needed help. Um, I needed to be able, because I was managing the business, managing all the clients. So I was being, you know, both the owner, the business owner doing the administrative stuff but also being the technician working in the company. And I knew that that's not a model that any business of any type can sustain. So that's when I realized, okay, I'm burned out. I need help and I'm missing out on the potential to grow because 
you know, growing pains are part of being a new small business. And I was definitely experiencing those. So I knew I needed to find the right people um, and get them on board right away. Yeah. So now going back to talking about skill sets around PR, what do you kind of look for when you're bringing someone onto your team? What specific skills are you looking for? So for me, um, as we had mentioned, a diverse skill set is huge. Um, that's definitely big for me. I want to make sure that I can have you take ownership over a client or a project and be able to provide various services or at least connect them with the right services um, with individuals on the team. Uh, so that's huge for me. And then also being able to take the initiative of, hey, there's a new update out or there's a new app or, hey, I'm monitoring this trend online or this is big in the news and it might impact our clients to where you're looking forward, where you're bringing innovation and technology and new trends in constantly. Because with PR, it's constantly evolving. Um, marketing is always on the move. Technology is always on the move. So I need someone who is not so set in their ways that they're not open to learning and using new techniques and um, expanding uh, their knowledge base. Yeah. And so we talk about being innovative and being willing to change. So I think those are two definitely really important qualities of someone working in PR. And something that I've been talking about with a lot of people is kind of like a personality around PR. So if you were describing personality traits that a PR professional has, what personality traits would you say um, are definitely present in kind of everyone? I think that being able to have good communication skills, that's huge. That's a given. Um, being able to be analytical, that you could read a situation, a client, a campaign, and be able to tap into different aspects of it, look at it and read it and analyze, okay, what do we need to do? These would be the steps and be able to provide a solution A to Z. So being able to be analytical, that's going to be huge. So definitely um, those, and then being able to be outgoing um, in the sense that networking and being personable and being able to connect with people is a big part of what PR is. And I don't think that that part is going away. Even if let's say you're the content creator behind the camera, when you're engaging with clients to create that content, you need to be able to make them feel comfortable and talk to them. Um, even if you're a web developer and you're you know, more of a technician or a technical person, you need to be able to do that client intake to pull out of them, you know, what exactly they're looking for in their perfect website, uh, being able to have good, that good communication skills, also with the outgoing personality um, and being personable, that will allow you to be a lot more successful in this field, in my opinion. Yeah. And so talking about the skill set, talking about personality traits, obviously you said that you majored in psychology in college, but if you could go back to college and take a few classes that might relate to public relations or anything you kind of do now, what kind of classes would you tell yourself to take? Um, I would say I would do a little bit more, you know, as a business owner, probably would be more on the business administrative side because learning how to run a business and operate a business is definitely something that I had to learn on my own and would have been huge if I had just some insight and knowledge and how to do that a little bit better. Um, so that would be on the business side of it. On the PR side of it, I would say probably probably the marketing, the digital marketing stuff, I did have to learn a lot of that on my own. I mean, in my opinion, nothing replaces on-the-job training. I mean, that's where you truly learn, especially in, in government. What they teach you in the classes 
does not necessarily translate over directly in the government space. It is very unique. There's politics, there's sensitivities, there's a lot of legal issues. Um, so it's a different dynamic, but I do would have to say that it would have been nice to have a good foundation on the digital marketing side um, instead of having to go and learn that all on my own. Talking about taking more business classes, being a business owner, what do you kind of think was the hardest thing that you had to learn when you became a business owner? What was kind of the one thing no one prepared you for? Trying to balance all of it. When when you're starting out where you are a lot of times a, a one-man show where you're doing it all and you're trying to keep up with running the business. I mean, even things like the legal stuff and contracts and invoices. And when you deal in the government space, you're dealing with insurance and contracts and RFPs. And I'm like, what is this? You know, I have no clue why they're requiring some unique business licensing requirements and insurance requirements and why they need an RFP formatted this way. And that was, that was definitely challenging for me. I didn't, I wasn't prepared for that, the administrative side of it. And then you're balancing actually having to provide the service to your clients. So balancing the two and basically wearing multiple hats And for a long time, until you get to the point where you can scale um, from a financial perspective and also from a time management perspective and bringing somebody on and finding someone that you trust and aligns with the values of your organization, that's huge because it's all about having the right people that, you know, will help you fulfill your mission in the right way. Right. And so talking about wearing multiple hats, being a business owner, also providing services, when you look at kind of a week in your life, how might that look for you? What might it be structured like? What tasks are you doing during the week? What does that look like? So because I am also managing um, being a mom and being, you know, um, a wife and being involved with my kids um, and their school and their sports and volunteering for all of that, my day's crazy. And it is, I get asked all the time, how do you do it? Um, well, I definitely feel like I, I don't do it perfect. I, I fall short all the time. Um, but I, you know, try and just balance my time and be efficient with my time. So I get up early in the morning. Um, I get the kids up and they're fortunately old enough to where they could start getting ready on their own and feeding themselves, you know, and getting themselves dressed. So I start going through emails and I look at my agenda for the day. And so by the time that I'm ready to take them to school, I already know what my day is going to look like. I've gone through my emails. I've prioritized them. I have my to-do list. I go do drop-off. Then I go to the office or like today I had to go straight drive out an hour for a meeting. So then I go into work mode. Um, And then up until the early afternoon, now after, right after I'm done reporting with you, I will go back into mommy hat. And um, went from client meetings to reviewing and approving um, stuff that my staff is overseeing and submitting, following up on clients, scheduling appointments, um, following up on any client leads and proposals, uh, because I'm overseeing the projects as a project manager and not actually doing a lot of the technical work. So I'm going through all that through the day, go do pickups, go to practice. I'm on the football field till about 8, 830 at night. And then I go back home, get them settled in um, with showers and dinner and any, you know, homework, school stuff that we have to follow up on. I get them to bed and then I clock in again. And I'm working again, usually until about 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) So it, it is, it's a lot and my days are long, but I look at it from the perspective of I'm grateful that I am in a position with a flexible job that allows me to do that, where I could 
be there for my kids, not miss out on practices in school and all the activities and do drop-offs in the morning. Those are, you know, moments that I'll only have for so long. So I'm okay with having the fragmented long day because it allows me to truly do both. And I think that in the PR space, a lot of these positions and companies, even if you're not the owner, you're fortunately able to do a lot of the stuff remote. So that is one of the big perks and, and benefits of being able to get into this space is there is that flexibility for those who are trying to balance personal life, family life, and the profession like I am. Yeah. And talking about that balance, I think is really important because I think that there is this crazy misconception that if you want to be like a girl boss, you can't also have a family. And I can tell you even last year, someone said to me, oh yeah, you can't have a family in this business. Um, And so what do you kind of say to those people? I'm proof that you can. It is not easy, but it is worth every bit of the sacrifice. I truly am doing my dream job and being able to not miss my kids practice or games or school events. Um, I'm able to be with them and do what I love. And I have the best of both worlds. I really, really do. And I wouldn't change professions. I mean, maybe I would be a lawyer and go to law school. I've, I've tinkered around with that idea just to do it for fun for the experience, but I truly am doing what I love and not having to sacrifice the family time. It is absolutely possible to do that. It takes a lot of hard work, um, but I mean, I'm doing it. I know a lot of people that do it and do it well. Yeah. And so I kind of just have a few more questions to wrap it all up. But my first question is, what is like the biggest piece of advice you would give to someone coming out of college right now? Like, what would you want them to know about the PR space? Um, I think it's best to find out and get an early on, even if it's a part-time job or an internship, find what area of PR do you want? Do you want to get into, you know, the retail space? Do you want to get into the government space? You know, do you want to, you know, work directly for um, work on your own and be able to freelance for multiple clients? Do you want to work for a PR firm? Um, Do you want to do PR in, you know, uh, there's people who specialize in the healthcare space, in the legal space. I mean, find out because I know a lot of people who went to school thinking, oh, I want to get into fashion and retail PR. And then once they started doing it, thought, "Mm, okay, maybe that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So find out early on where your passion lies by getting that direct hands-on experience. So I've had interns come through who've never had any inclination or wanting to have any government or public safety PR um, experience, uh, but needed an internship and said, hey, I'll try it out. And they ended up loving it and staying in the space and made a career out of it. So there's also that possibility that you might try something and go, hmm, I I never thought I would find a passion for this and then end up loving it just like I did. I never intended to get into this space. Yeah. And how specifically can someone end up in government PR? Like what are kind of the first steps for that specific role? Well, fortunately, there's actually a lot more positions available now than there ever has been. And I really do think that has a lot to do with the last few years and people realizing, oops, we aren't, we aren't doing a good job and we need to dedicate time and resources um, to doing it full time. So I'm seeing positions pop up all the time, but do your homework and find out, um, you know, like I said, get that firsthand experience and go visit that organization. Let's say it's a city or a county or a department, find out 
what their inner um, workings are. Do your research online, check out their website, check out their social media, what programs do they offer? Um, is that the community that you want to serve in, that you wanna get connected to? And you really have to be passionate about it because you cannot be successful just doing your run of the mill, checking things off the list. In order to truly be successful, you really have to have passion for the organization and then the community that you serve. So do your homework. Um, and you could even go and do, I would have people who wanted to get in the space where they sit with me for the day and ask me questions, see what I did, kind of like a sit along type of a thing. And that way they could really see, okay, this is what it's like. Cause people see a lot of times the glitz and glamor and the fun stuff, but they don't see a lot of the back end stuff and all the planning that goes into it. And maybe that that's not really what they're looking for. So just make sure that you do your homework, get that firsthand experience and, talk to someone. If you have a mentor who works in that space that can guide you, take advantage of that, especially early on before you dive fully into a career. Yeah. And so I want to talk to you about that passion of PR or government work or doing it specifically. So when you're looking to bring an intern onto your team, are you more so looking for that passion or are you looking for them to have the skills they need to have? Which one is more important to you? I mean, I definitely think um, both are, are crucial um, because for me, we are very busy. So I do need someone that could come in and bring some sort of a skill set. Part of the internship is providing training, allowing, you know, providing mentorship, um, allowing them to shadow, get that firsthand job, firsthand knowledge and job experience. But I need someone to start with a foundation. Right. Um, I do feel like if you have the creative mindset and you have the technical skills, but maybe you just don't have the experience, you could totally work with somebody if they have the passion and the drive and are willing to take the initiative um, to, to learn new things and be open-minded. So I do think it is a balance of both, but the passion is going to be huge because if you have the passion, then you're eager to learn, you'll figure things out on your own, you'll find solutions, and you'll really fall in love with the profession and learn it. Just like me, I fell in love with it, not knowing everything that it entailed. So once I found my passion, I started researching, reading books, listening to podcasts, going online, finding training opportunities for myself because I wanted to learn the ins and outs. And that was because I was passionate about it. Right. And so kind of to wrap it all up, my final question for you is if you could go back and do any part of your journey over again from college to your first job, to working there, to starting your business, to being where you are now, is there any part of it that you would change or do a little bit differently? To be honest, I, I wouldn't. I feel that even the hardships um, and the sacrifices that I made, they made me more resilient. They made me better at what I do. They've afforded me new opportunities, allowed me to meet new people. And I am one of those people that really does believe in, you know, things happen for a reason and the way that they're supposed to um, in order to build a foundation because maybe you weren't ready if it would have happened sooner. Or if you would have skipped this chapter of your life, you wouldn't have been able to get to the chapter that you're in now. So um, I absolutely would not, would not change a thing. Right. And so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey, sharing your story, your tips and your tricks. It was definitely so great having you on the show. And I'm so excited for my audience to get to hear this episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me.